Chapter 12 Tyner Hughes and the Whiskey Peddlers A chill ran through United States Deputy Marshal Tyne Hughes' frame as he bent over his saddlebags. The February of 88 weather was cold and biting. His gloved hands searched for the writs of arrest stuck securely inside the leather lining of the pocket. Procuring the one in question, he turned to face his posse man, Tandy Walker, also a deputy marshal, but riding on this trip under Tyne's authority as lead deputy. Tandy was a Choctaw Chickasaw Indian and knew his people's customs and weaknesses. Tyne thrust the papers out for Tandy to read. Here they are, two whiskey peddlers by the name of Long George and Black Tiger. They're reported to be operating in this neighborhood. Yes, I know them well. They won't come peacefully. We'll have to try and surprise them. I have two good trackers, John Leader and Barney Maliha, who should be able to find them for us. All right. Tyne turned to the other deputy, his friend Sam Wingo, standing beside him. Sam was his partner most of the time when Tyne was not riding with Charlie Barnhill. On this occasion, Charlie was out with Jimmy on a series of arrests. Tyne had confidence in Sam, a tough Choctaw who could figure out a fugitive's actions in advance. He had a level head, good judgment, and a fearless streak. It looks like we'll have to chase these two down. They'll run if they learn of our approach, Tyne explained to his partner. Wingo strapped his Winchester in the saddle boot. What's the plan? After the scouts lead them to us, Tandy'll try to negotiate with them. My posse man, Isaac Burris, can arrange a local informer to advise us of their location, Sam offered. Sounds good. The trip to the Chickasaw Territory will take at least a week. We've some other men to arrest before that. Prepare for a long trip. Have your posse man go to the quartermaster for extra rations for the cook wagon. Tyne led his horse the short distance to the cook wagon as Wingo turned to instruct Burgess. He checked the provisions and the supply of leg shackles and handcuffs. The handcuffs consisted of two circular pieces of metal connected together with a chain. The circular part of the cuff was separated into two sections with a hinge that allowed the metal to open and then swing shut around the wrist. The fastening mechanism was a locking device on the end where the metal passed through an opening in the opposite end. The deputies and posse men carried keys in a secure location on their persons. The leg shackles were similar in shape, but larger to fit the ankles. There were plenty, and they were in good shape, cleaned and oiled. Let's move. Tyne motioned the caravan forward, the citizens on the streets hardly raising their heads to observe the common sight of deputies and posse men heading out on another trip. Tyne would later recall how little he and his men understood that they were living and making a legend, a legend bigger than them all. Deputy Hughes took a deep breath and surveyed the scene. Daylight was fading into the gray of a winter evening. A house was visible at the edge of a clearing in the densely wooded area near Stonewall, Chickasaw Territory. The posse, along with a local man named James C. Hesbaugh, and the two trackers awaited his instructions. We'll divide up. Wingo, you take Ike Burris and John Leader to check the back. I'll go to the front of the house. Tyne approached the house cautiously. He tried the door and found it secured from the inside with a chain wrapped around the door jamb. There was no breaking that down. Rapping on the door, he called out loudly, 
Long George, come out. It's United States Deputy Marshal Tyne Hughes. I have a writ for your arrest. Receiving no reply, he rattled and banged the door loudly with his fist. Come out, Long George. We don't want to fight. You won't be harmed. Barney Maliha, one of the Creek Indian trackers, said, He's in there, all right. He's probably afraid of me. He killed my cousin in a fight over cards. Let me call to him in his language. Go ahead. The men waited as Barney talked to the fugitive through the door. While he was attempting to get him to come out, Wingo returned. His horse is out back in the stable. Let's try to break it in. Sam motioned them to stand aside as his scout, Johnny Leader, struck the door twice with a large rock. Johnny was a Choctaw and called out in his language to the barricaded man. On the second blow, the door came loose as a shot rang out from inside the cabin. The men backed away from the door and gathered in the yard. Let's burn him out, Sam suggested.